Hello, fabulous followers, and welcome to 2022. 2022. I'm Mark Smith. I'm Helen Fruin. And this is the first podcast of the year. We're quite excited. We have been away for a long time, and um, it's good to be back. Do you think? Yes, definitely. I think we've always talked about how these conversations are good for us, good for our listeners, good to just be checking in on topics that are important. And the great resignation is clearly one of hot topicness. Yes, but before we jump into that, we do need to like just... Set expectations. Set expectations for the year, in mm-hmm. fact, because uh, the podcast has been going very well. I've I've been enjoying it as much as people have been enjoying listening to it, I hope. Uh, but this year we're going to do something different. So new year, new, new thing. Uh, so number one, we've got a new jingle. That's quite exciting. I always like a new jingle. You do indeed. You I get do. very excited. I do get excited about my jingles. And number two... The feedback has been uh, that we do have a bit of a machine gun spraying attitude to what our topics are. This year, we're going to actually focus on just 12 topics that we're really quite passionate about. We have a great skill set in, which means we're going to go down to just one podcast a month for the year, which is, I'm actually quite frightened by that. I don't think that's quite enough. <laughs> um, but the idea is that all of our content for a month will be based on a specific topic and that topic is uh, a strength of our business so it will still be business related and it will still be psychology related and the full list of topics that we will be covering can be found on our website and if you're subscribed to our newsletter it's also probably going to appear on there a few times more as well this month in fact we'll be focusing on role profiling uh, the other thing that we'll be doing this year that is new to us and a little bit scary to me is we will not be video recording our podcasts. Why have we chosen role profiling as the first out of our 12 series? Series, if that makes sense. It does. So as I mentioned before with the great resignation, this is just where we are. January 2022, the build-up has been all over the back end of 2021 that we are facing a lot of movement in the industry, that it is the candidates market. Lots of people are just questioning, you know, am I am I happy doing my job? Am I happy with the level of autonomy and freedom and flexibility I have in my job? Do I like my manager? And in previous years, many of us just put up with things that we didn't like. But after two years, nigh on, of a pandemic and questioning things more than ever before, looking at our mental health more than ever before, we are seeing the great resignation. People are are looking to leave. And so we could have taken this uh, approach of, you know, let's talk to you if you're looking to leave your organisation and what you can think about where you're going to go next and all that kind of stuff. But we figured there's tons of stuff out there for people doing that. Mm. And actually, we wanted to do this podcast for the people working in HR, recruitment, talent acquisition, talent development who are going oh my goodness, Mm. all of these people are leaving, what do we do now? And so we start this month with role profiling to look at how do you make sure you attract, not necessarily attract, I can't help you much on there, but on the role profiling piece, making sure you are looking for and selecting the best talent for the role that you've got. Uh, And then later on, we'll be talking about the retention side. That's a, a topic for later on in the year. Because if we were doing better retention, we wouldn't be seeing the great resignation in the first place. That is true. I I do wonder, though, if if I think my generation and possibly anybody a little bit older 
um, very familiar with you know the war for talent and the whole you know I think late late nineties early two thousands that whole big scrabble for for getting and retaining the best people that you could find. So I don't actually see anything new. I see a lot a, a lot more panic and a fresher panic. I think. Um, but I don't see anything different to what we experienced maybe 15, 20 years ago. No, and it's perhaps just that you've seen that uh, go that up and down. That full cycle, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So in yeah 1997, when the War for Talent came out as a paper, it was, you know, it is a candidate's market. You've got to attract, you've got to keep your talent. You have a war for talent on your hands in 1997. And how many times has that changed back to... Oh, actually, now it's an employer's market. Yeah. Oh, now it's candidate's market again. And now yeah. it's employer's market again. And this is just one of those turns on mm. the wheel where we're back into a candidate's market. Perfect. Uh, so um, um, my understanding of role profiling um, is it's not actually done that often. Mm. Um, this is probably why we're talking about it first mm. and foremost, because whenever a new job role comes up, when somebody leaves or when there's a promotion and a, a gap appears, the first thing that hiring managers do I guess is they try and fill that post with the right person they've not actually looked at what the post is and that's really what role profiling is for me starting at the very beginning it's not you've got you're miles away from talking about who you're going to put in post Mm. it's actually analyzing the post critically in a lot more detail than you perhaps have if someone's been in that post for two years ten years that that role will have changed massively and how that role interacts with the broader organization will have changed massively. So you actually have a really great opportunity to reassess what that role is all about, how it's going to impact the rest of the organization, what value it adds. And only after you've done all of that, can you then begin to think about pulling the right person in absolutely because as you say what we tend to do wrong is we jump to oh i need to find someone like this or we call a recruitment agency and say i'm looking for a person like this with this kind of job title this kind of job experience we jump straight to what kind of person do i need without asking what kind of role is this Mm. and that's a huge missed opportunity because as you say there could have been changes or maybe just we didn't even ask ourselves that question before anyway So role profiling, as opposed to person profiling, Mm. it's, yeah, what does the role need? What is the role? And if you think of it, the outcome of this would be a really good job description. And people say to me every day that they have a job description that does not describe their job. Yeah. What if you could bring people into an organization with far greater clarity on what they would be doing, and then they've got a better idea of how success will be measured In their probation period, you can then give a much clearer idea of how they're doing. It's going to help you in performance appraisals. If then there's other people wanting to develop into that role, it helps you with talent Mm. development. If you've got good job descriptions, it actually makes a load of your life as a manager much easier. Yeah, I mean, the the whole employee sort of management cycle becomes a doddle if it's in black and white what that person's supposed to be doing and what they're being paid for. Classic example, I mean, it's a bad example in many ways because it's my job description. It's got nothing to do with what I do because I spend most of my time fascinated by Helen's ability to break IT systems. (laughs) (laughs) That's not in my job description. It is a superpower that I have. It's a gift. It's a real gift. It's not in my job description anywhere to to stand and just go, wow, how have you done that? (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's true um, that... It, it, it is 
the most important thing to managing an employee over the life cycle of their, their time with you. Well, where do you start with role profiling? With good questions. Oh, oh, I love questions. You love questions. Yeah. So the starting point is to say, why does this job even exist? Because it really gets you down to the roots of adding value. If you had to go to a bank manager to justify the salary, like imagine you had to go to the bank to get a loan to pay for the salary of mm -hmm. this person. How mm. would you justify that to the bank? Mm. If you can put this role in that level of value add, you're really starting to get to the the root, the goal, uh, the gold rather, of what this role is. Mm. So indeed, being fascinated by Helen's ability to break technology, I'm not sure that fascination particularly adds value, but then when you fix things, mm. and I am able to do my job because you fix them, I can clearly tell the story of what value that adds, mm. particularly given over the past two years when our business has been completely reliant on that technology. So what value does this role add to the business? How would I justify this salary to a bank? You start with that question, you're really starting to get, okay, what's this for? And then how would you know that it was delivering that value? What would the role be delivering that would say, yes, it's worth that money. So again, if we stick with the IT, you could talk about how IT is functioning or what people are able to do because the IT is functioning. Maybe it's also about delivering new IT systems and what those systems will enable people to do. Does that save time? Does that save cost? Does it increase sales opportunities because you've saved on efficiency? Really start to talk about the success measures of the role and then everything from there flows. Because you can say, okay, if this role is about hitting those success measures, what kind of person, what kind of experience might someone need? What kind of strengths are they going to need to be able to deliver that? And sure, you might well, I don't see it happen often, but you might well come up with the same answers that you would have done mm. if you just said from the beginning, right, who do we need to hire? But often what I see, most often what I see happening is businesses saying, ah, we need to look for something different because to your point, maybe something has changed in the role or maybe if we look ahead a little bit, the previous person in that role was doing this, but because the way the business is changing now, we need this role to deliver that in future. So how do we recruit for that as opposed to what we've needed in the past? Question I have really is about, um, so I've got many questions actually thinking about it. One of them being stakeholders. How far and how widely would you go in, in encouraging stakeholders to be part of that process. Mm. I mean, you know, obviously you're going to have maybe, let's say you're the hiring manager, you're going to have someone from HR probably involved as well, and maybe your boss. That's how it's usually worked for me. But actually, I think there have been times where I thought if we actually just cast our net a little bit wider here and just went and looked at some of the departments that would have occasional touch points, but quite important touch points. So would you recommend engaging other stakeholders now or would you wait until you've got a better idea of what you think the job should be yeah it's always that cost benefit analysis isn't it particularly with time mm. of everybody's busy everybody's crazy busy and it's interesting hearing that narrative as well that people are saying gosh i've forgotten about christmas already you know mm. january's been crazy and so if people are feeling that stretched and that overwhelmed then to say oh yes let's have 12 stakeholders talking about a job description is just ridiculous However, 
Again, what we tend to see with things like this is that you invest time at the beginning, it saves you a lot of time later. Mm-hmm. So if you've got key stakeholders, that if you recruit the right person into that role who delivers the role in the right way, it's going to have a significant impact on the rest of the business, then yes, it would make sense to get those stakeholders involved early. Or it might be, as you've said, that you do a bit of work first to shape what you think that job description needs to be, and then goes to those stakeholders and say, does this look right to you? You Given your experience previously, do you think this would add more value than you've had in the past? Because if you're thinking about, I guess, your internal or external clients, your customers, if you can show them that you care about adding value to them in your recruitment process, Mm. how much more are they going to be engaged with you as a department or as a supplier? There's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I guess it's a secondary benefit of actually engaging stakeholders. We've talked a lot in sort of the back end of last year about business partnering and influencing. It can do wonders for you. So yeah, I think engaging with some stakeholders is a good one. In terms of time, how long do you reckon this should take? Is it is it actually a percentage of the of the, the technical or the difficulty of the job? So let's say this, this person's going to be frying chips for a living. You wouldn't want to spend that much time on it. Yeah, there's definitely a um, what is the value of that role, i.e. what is the salary expected mm. of that role and therefore how much investment you want to put into it. Um, yeah, if it's a minimum wage job, we're probably not going to put that much focus on it. However, if it's a minimum wage job that we've got 10,000 people doing, that's worth putting the time in. If it's a minute, and this is where the minimum wage thing is really interesting for me. If it's a minimum wage job that's customer facing, mm-hmm. A, it shouldn't be a minimum wage mm-hmm. job. And B, you should actually invest quite a bit of time in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that requires a degree of, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if it's self-awareness there, but there is a degree of awareness about the impact that that role can have if it's done very badly. If Even if the role is minimum wage, doesn't necessarily mean it's not a key role within the business. So you do have, I think you do have to have some understanding of its impact when approaching this. Because like you say, it can be quite expensive to do a role profile exercise. And what I find interesting with our clients, getting people engaged in the conversation mm. is really great. And when I think about the clients that we're working with currently, where we're doing role profiling for them, obviously you've got the benefit of an external person doing all of the grunt work, the actual writing the job description and doing the research. But in terms of the stakeholder meetings that we have, it's about keeping that efficient. So one of the clients we're working with, for example, at the moment, we're leveling out the roles in each department and saying, okay, for each role, let's speak to somebody who currently does that role somebody who's currently managing someone doing that role. And if it's a management position, somebody who's currently a direct report of someone doing that role. So you've just got three people advising on Mm. their perspective of what that role needs to deliver. And of course, you could get 12 more perspectives. You've got to keep it limited in some way. I find having those three different perspectives gives you a bit of a, a 360 circle on it that's incredibly powerful. Nice. I quite like that. That sounds like a top tip to me. There you go. Have it. 360 role profiling. Maybe we should put a little TM sign on that and stick it on the website. Awesome. Is there anything else on role profiling we can share? There's definitely something about prioritizing in terms of what we tend to do in role profiling is just list everything we could ever dream of. Uh, It's the classic, I want a purple squirrel. It doesn't exist. (laughs) Where did you pull that example from? It's a classic recruitment term. Are you trying to recruit a purple squirrel because it doesn't exist? (laughs) <laughs> I thought you might just say something like the supreme being 
Well, you know, like, you know, or a superhero, that, that a purple squirrel is just, just two random words smashed together. Okay, fine. There you go. Fine, okay. And two random words smashed together that don't exist. So, mm. yeah. Uh, so, instead of listing out, I want someone who's got experience in the industry and they're a team player and a good communicator and a really good people manager and they're also an expert in this technical thing and this technical thing and this technical thing. You're like, that person does not exist and they certainly don't exist for the amount that you want to pay them. Yeah, that is true. And that's one of the biggest issues is we generally want to pay people nothing and get everything. Yeah. And that's not going to work. So accepting that these people don't exist and you're going to have to limit or prioritize what's most important. If you've got eight criteria, get it down to three. Now that's not to say that the other things are not important. It's to say that given nobody can be good at all eight things, Mm. which three things are the most important for them to be good at? Mm -hmm. And that's extremely challenging because we're going to say, well, I'm good at eight things. Well, no, we're probably not actually. Mm. nobody can be good at everything so we've got to say what are the most important things and that's going to help us then in terms of cv screening interviewing because you can say right those are the top three things for me to be selecting on understood uh, just to pull this a little bit out of the the role profiling i guess do you think there's any value in terms of maybe even coming back to an organizational chart and looking at that role and saying, well, is it actually needed at all anymore? Oh, gosh, yes. In this in this department. I mean, it, it, when you say prioritizing these different skills, actually, if you, if you look to your org chart, actually really play with the functions. I mean, I'm going to guess this would be easier in a medium to large size business. Absolutely. And the, the question again comes back to what value does that role add? Mm. If you really stop and look at that, you might realize that the role has shaped into something that now isn't adding so much value or, you know, oh, we just kept that person on because they'd been here a long time. And now you look at it and you say, well, like you say, you could restructure that. You could do that role in a better way. Mm. Or you might even say it's better to outsource it. Had that conversation with a client recently where they realize that people are getting overwhelmed because they're taking on all these tasks that are not their strengths when the business could be outsourcing those things. Mm great making that business decision to say we're going to outsource that we're going to role profile this so yes let's see every opportunity when someone leaves or when we're looking at structure to say actually do do we relook at the whole thing Mm. and say how do we deliver value perfect thank you as always for your wisdom i think we're going to wrap today's podcast up there for everybody who has asleep for the first five minutes of this podcast whilst i rambled on we are going to be focusing on one topic per month, and that is across all of our sort of marketing and communications, LinkedIn profiles, blah, blah, blah. If you are interested in what the topics for the year are going to be, jump on our website, type in 2022 into our search box somewhere, and it will appear there's fireworks for you. It's awesome. So what are we doing next month? Well, on the follow-up to role profiling is selection. How do you select the best candidate for your role? Mm. Mm-hmm. Exciting. And should we be honest with everybody and say that we've not actually got this right every time? Of course, everybody gets it wrong. Oh my goodness, that's a key part of this is to know that statistically, you're not going to get it right every time because human beings are not that predictable. We don't have assessment tools that 100% tell you if the person can do the job. So we are going to get it wrong. And yes, you and I have got it wrong. Well, I'm going to have to admit that live in a podcast. Mm -hmm. That's going to be uncomfortable. 
Well, you just did, so there you go. Oh, look at me making progress. Mm-hmm. That's it, everybody. Have a fabulous end to your week if it's the end of your week. Have a fabulous beginning to your week if it's the beginning of your week. And if it's the weekend, oh, you lucky bean. Thank you.